The Love Food Podcast is brought to you in partnership with my PCOS and Food Peace course. Finally, free yourself from endless PCOS fatigue, frustration, shame, and guilt. For PCOS sufferers who are tired of ineffective diets and unhelpful advice, join me on a PCOS and Food Peace journey that will change your life forever. Grab all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. Starting on Valentine's Day until the end of the month, grab 30% off using the coupon code LOVE2021 at checkout. Again, get 30% off using the coupon code LOVE2021 starting Valentine's Day through the month of February. Get all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Welcome to episode 234 of a Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Dear listener, I wonder if you are feeling stuck in a cycle of emotional eating. What is that like for you? Have you tried other things to not get through the moment with food? Do these emotional eating episodes connect you with shame and regret and an upset stomach? I have a lot to say about emotional eating. It is certainly vilified, and it also happens to be normal, normal eating 100%. And you may also want some other options to help ride the wave of hard to tolerate emotions. Perfectly legit, for sure. So that's what this episode is all about. I have a letter from someone in the throes of emotional eating, and they're feeling really, really stuck. They have lots of an awareness that it's going on, but feeling really, really stuck. You'll want to get out your pen and paper because we are going to do some work. But before we get to this episode's letter and all the work, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. If you have been diagnosed with PCOS, I know that you've been told you have to diet in order to manage the condition. And I don't want PCOS to be associated with that four-letter word anymore. I know you've experienced these really intense carb cravings. You're always tired and pressured to eat less and move more. It's such a shit show what they expect you to do. There is another way. My PCOS and Food Peace course was created just for you. After working with thousands of people with PCOS, I have put together a food peace framework just for people with PCOS to feel more at home in their body 
and also manage the symptoms in the way that you want without diets. Yes, there is a way. This course includes 12 self-paced video modules. What does that mean? Well, you get access to this course right away, every single module. You can do it at your pace and you have lifetime access to the course. That is something that's really important to me because we know that diet culture, although we're working really hard to dismantle it, remove it, it's not going anywhere right now. So I want you to be able to use these modules whenever you need them. The course also includes a workbook, lots of handouts, things to help you along your journey, and my favorite, we have live monthly group coaching calls. I'm also going to be increasing the amount of group coaching calls, and there's also going to be a private PCOS and Food Peace podcast as a part of the course now too. So Grab all the details at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. Don't forget, starting on Valentine's Day, that's February, February 14th in the United States, until the end of February, you can get 30% off the course. What you do is just use the code LOVE2021 at checkout. So again, it's 30% off using the coupon code LOVE2021 at checkout. Dear Food, my relationship with you has changed so much over the years, and I am grateful for that. We do have a positive relationship now, most of the time. I enjoy you, I savor you, I appreciate you, and give gratitude. I don't need to count calories or think of how much exercise needs to be done to rid you from my body but I still use you as a drug, and that angers me and frustrates me. You have calmed me for years when I didn't have any other tools, but I'm tired of not having any other tools. I'm tired of trying to food to deal with life's daily stressors. I'm ready to give you up and learn new life skills, but I feel stuck. I fall into entrenched patterns of using food to push away any discomfort, whether big or small. I know it makes me unhappy and doesn't solve my problem, but I don't believe that any other strategy will work as well. I am so convinced that nothing will work as well as you that I don't even try other skills. Sure, I have used other strategies from time to time, but I always fall back to food. I get so tired of the suggestions. Go take a walk, read a book, take a shower to avoid emotional eating. How does anyone do that at work? I can't leave a meeting or stop working with students to do that. Anyway, you can see how frustrated it makes me that I still turn to you, but I feel so stuck sometimes. You can calm me so quickly bites of chocolate or extra servings of pretzels eaten so fast. And I'm calmed. When I'm stressed, I eat way more than I need. But you don't make me happy in the long run. Sure, I feel good for a few seconds, but then I feel blah, physically and mentally. Once again, asking myself, why did I do that again? Why did I eat more than I needed? The cycle continues. Eating too much, having an upset stomach, feeling bad about it, telling myself I screwed up, tight pants, and on and on. How can I end this? How can I stop the cycle of using food as a drug? How can I stop eating emotionally? 
I am fed up. Please help. Love, Emotional Eater. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. I really appreciate it. And honestly, I'm really looking forward to recording this part of the podcast. I'm really excited to share some things with you that I hope are helpful. If you're a listener that's not the letter writer and you can identify with the letter, I am speaking to you too. I think if you identify with feeling hopeless about emotional eating, I would encourage you to grab a piece of paper and a pen or open up a Google Docs because you're going to want to take some notes. And I'm going to walk you through some steps that when I was working with clients individually, what I would walk them through. And I want you to be able to connect with the needs that are basically being spoken through these cravings. I know that may sound weird at this point, but at the end of this episode, you're going to get more about what I'm talking about. Before we get to that, though, I want to mention something that I think is really important about emotional eating. And I think it's like the most important part when a person is sifting through what's going on with their emotional eating is to keep in mind, emotional eating is normal eating, period. Everyone emotionally eats. Every single human being on this planet emotionally eats. It's something that, I don't know, I think it's part of our like survival, how we are wired to get pleasure out of food and how it just feels so darn good. It's just a part of normal eating. So if you struggle with emotional eating, part of what I really encourage you to say to yourself is that, no matter what I do, you know, I may find some other tools, but no matter what, there's still going to be some emotional eating. So I need to get used to it happening. And by used to, I mean, really, I need to be compassionate with myself and realize that I'm just being a normal human. So keep that in mind as we're moving forward, because if every time you emotionally eat, there's shame and guilt, well, then you are just going to always be feeling that way because Again, it's not going to go away. It's something that every human does. If you are using it as the only way to cope with things that are hard, well, I would appreciate that you maybe want some alternatives, especially if you're like the letter writer and get like a stomach ache and um, don't like feeling that kind of sluggish feeling afterward. That certainly is something that I know other people have wanted to work through. And at the same time, honoring that it's not going to be this black and white experience where It's just not going to happen anymore. So the second thing about emotional eating that I always want every person to know is that emotional eating not only is it normal, it also is not a bad thing. It is a strength, especially if you have lived through trauma, oppression, you've lived through really hard, shitty times. Emotional eating has gotten you through them. I'm grateful for the emotional eating and how it has gotten you through and will continue to get you through tough experiences with emotions that are hard to hold on to and give space for. Emotional eating is a strength. It is something that has helped you to get through the toughest moments. I know our world likes to 
make emotional eating to be this really horrible thing and to villainize people for actually doing this normal behavior. So whenever you find yourself in that shame spiral, which I know that you have been there (laughs) with emotional eating, to remind yourself that, you know, this has been a superpower of mine. This is something that's gotten me through and kept me alive. And even though it's something that our society doesn't always lift up, I need to acknowledge that it has helped me. I hope you can find yourself repeating some kind of phrase like that. And that is something that will also help you to move forward in the way that you're wanting. So here's the part of the podcast that I think you're going to want to pull up that Google Doc or get your pen and paper. I believe that cravings that lead to emotional eating, I believe that they are a message from our body, our mind, our spirit, whatever part of you, that there is an unmet need, that your body needs something. And the craving is kind of like the flag, the white flag that the body is sending to say, hey, 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 um, I need something. I'm surrendering here. I need something. Can you, can you pay attention to me for a second? You know, I work with a lot of people with PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, and PCOS cravings in particular are super famous because, you know, there's there's parts of the normal kind of cravings that people with PCOS have, but then they also have these other kind of drives that intensify the cravings. And I mention this because if you have PCOS or if you have a condition that may be similar, maybe you have diabetes or you've been told that you have insulin resistance and you notice these really intense carb cravings, part of the experience will just be even more intensified while framed as this horrible thing that you need to like push away, ignore, trick, and not trust. And I think that's going down the wrong path. Honestly, I think that keeps many people going in circles over and over again. The way to move forward on your food peace journey, instead of trying to ignore your cravings or trick them or think that they're these horrible, horrible things, is to say hello to them. Hello, craving. What's bringing you here right now? What unmet need needs to be honored, heard, and cared for? Hello, craving. Thanks for telling me that I have an unmet need. So if you do have a condition that experiences insulin resistance like PCOS or diabetes or something like that, you will notice that these cravings, again, are much more intense. And while it's out of the scope of this podcast today to go really into all of the meat of that, just know having high circulating insulin is something that will drive these cravings. And part of it is physiological. Like part of the unmet need is that the body is not able to use food for energy. And so like every cell in the body is starving. And it's also pushing out more insulin because it needs cell, it needs glucose into the cells. And so the body is literally starving. And um, that's why I also think that's also an unmet need. And resting, eating enough, and 
using some medications or supplements. You know, those are all things that are really important for people with high circulating insulin, like we see with PCOS. And another part of that too, on top of it, is that many people with PCOS or insulin resistance, they are also pushed to diet and lose weight. And doing that will just intensify that physiology that's being provoked from the the syndrome itself. And if you are someone who has those conditions, um, again, leaning into and saying hello to the craving, looking at what was going on just a little bit ago. Did I get enough sleep last night? Did I take my medications? Did I eat enough food? Am I really stressed? Those could all be the physiological kind of cues that are provoking those cravings. Also, just the pressure to lose weight in itself, I have found to also provoke those cravings. So moving away from the scale as a measure of progress and your worth, oh, I hope that this can give you permission to do that. And also moving away from diets, you know, it really focusing on making sure you're eating enough instead of trying to limit what you're eating. Those are all things that kind of on the physiological level, you may notice if you do have high insulin levels will help with some of those cravings. But, you know, the letter writer doesn't mention having PCOS or any kind of insulin resistance. And so, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of focus the next part of this episode on more the the type of eating that is rooted in more the emotion side of it and how to move forward when the only way you've been able to survive is with the superpower, the superpower of eating when emotions just feel like you can't make space for all of it. They feel intolerable. And what can you do next? So this is a part of um, training that I did with Dr. Barbara Bersinger. So Barbara Bersinger was a past Love Food podcast uh, guest expert, and she is a dietitian and um, has lots of other training that has really impacted how I practice. And I'm going to take you through some of the questions that she's taught me to ask, and that's where you may find yourself taking some notes and really... Um, kind of uncovering or peeling back some layers that haven't been peeled back before. You may find it to be really interesting, and I hope it's helpful and insightful. So what I want you to do now is think back to the last time you experienced what you would refer to as emotional eating, where you felt that whole kind of range of experience where an emotion or something, maybe not even connecting to an emotion, but just led to a space of eating where you felt like you ate where it wasn't about hunger or it wasn't about stopping when you were full, and it just continued on. Think for a moment about the last time that this happened. My question for you, as you were having the first few bites of that food, what were the positive kind of effects of that? What were the positive either feelings or just whatever kind of words you would describe? If you find yourself using words that don't have a positive connection, I would really encourage you to think of a word or two that captures that first, like again, the first one, two, or three bites of the food. What did those moments give you? Many people have told me before they experienced things like, relief, relaxation, 
disconnection, euphoria, bliss. I wonder for you what words you would use to describe it. Write those down. And then what I encourage you to to pause and consider is what was going on right before you had those first few bites. For you, letter writer, you mentioned being at school, teaching, and in the middle of a workday. And of course, you can't go and take a shower or all the other crappy recommendations that so many people give for moving away from emotional eating. And I wonder when you're in those moments when I think you mentioned pretzels um, and some other things, before you take those first few bites, what you are experiencing. And try to name a feeling for it. People that I've worked with before have mentioned feelings like stressed, lonely, frustrated, trapped, overwhelmed, happy. That That is sometimes one of the emotions. Um, frustrated, powerless. I'm thinking of other ones, but yeah, you could go on and on. And while I don't want to give you a suggestion of what you are feeling, I just wanted to give some examples. And I encourage you to let yourself think through that. And if it's not coming to mind, if it's hard to go back to that space, the next time you're in a a place where you're emotionally eating, um, I'm hoping that this will connect with you, these words right now, and you can connect with what what you were experiencing in those moments. Those feelings are really important. Those feelings are letting you know that there's some unmet unmet needs. And this is the part where the, the big meaty work comes in. Because again, I think cravings give us amazing insight into unmet needs. And if we ignore them or trick them or we shame them away, It's keeping us from really important insight, really important insight into you as a human meeting your needs, like your basic human needs as a human to feel safe and have, um, feel like you belong and all those really important things that we like to feel just to feel okay in our skin. And so when you connect to what's going on right before those first few bites. Uh, What I want you to think about next is when you're feeling overwhelmed or when you have felt stressed or overwhelmed or lonely in the past, and it could have been years ago, it could have been when you were a child, or it could have been um, last week, you know, it could have been any time. What have you done in the past that helps you in those moments? Maybe in the past when you were stressed, you were able to take some deep breaths and that helped you. Or maybe when you were lonely in the past, you were able to call your mom and talk to her. Or maybe when you were overwhelmed, you were able to go and take a walk, listen to some music, light a candle, and just be and have space. I encourage you to make a list of many things that you have found, maybe seriously, like decades in the past or closer to now and everywhere in between 
that you know has helped you in those moments. And it's okay if some of those things are no longer in reach. Maybe your mom is no longer alive. Maybe it's um, a smell of a certain flower from where you grew up and you live around the world now, nowhere near that scent. It's okay. It can be any of those things because we can still use them. So let yourself list all those things. So one thing that the letter writer you so eloquently put for us is that even though you know that you don't want to just emotionally eat to cope with feelings, nothing else feels in the moment as good. We really need to honor that because you're right. Like food in the moment, those first few bites are fucking fantastic. They really deliver. And in the moment, I think lighting a candle or taking a deep breath or a walk or a rest or calling your mom, it probably is not going to do the same thing. It probably won't. And yet, the thing that I think is important in this process is to keep in mind that the craving, again, is letting you know that you're not getting enough of those in your life, that you have this unmet need. And what you can do instead is start to really, outside of of the emotional eating experiences, practice getting more of those in your life. So maybe when you're overwhelmed in the past, calling your mom or a friend was something that you could do. And so what I'm saying is, before you're overwhelmed, calling someone. And again, this is where like maybe your mom's not alive anymore. It may mean having a picture of your mom in a place where you can see it more often or grabbing one of her old letters or playing a song that she used to really like. Or it could be writing in your journal a letter that you would like to give to her. It's having connection. For a lot of people, that's what that kind of unmet need is really for. It's wanting to connect. So that's something that I would encourage you to experiment with is like, how can I insert these things into my life to help me meet these needs? How can I get them in there? And to basically proactively put them in outside of the cravings. Because we know, like the letter writer said, the food in the moment is going to do it. But over time, what'll happen as you meet these needs, you won't need to, there won't be as many unmet needs. So the cravings won't be as um, required, I guess. You know, they won't be as frequent. They won't be as intense. And what you'll notice is it won't be this all or nothing thing, but slowly over time, you'll look back and be like, oh, I can tell my cravings are not as frequent or not as intense, um, or they just don't last as long, or I just don't have as many. It takes practice, lots of practice, and lots and lots of patience. So we need to wrap up, but I hope that the notes you just took inform you moving forward. I hope you have permission to experiment if it feels like something that you want to experiment with. Let me know what insight, if any, you gather along the way. So I see food has written back, but before we get to food's letter, 
This episode of A Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. Get to all the information and details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. Don't forget, starting on Valentine's through the month of February 2021, you can get 30% off using the coupon code at checkout, LOVE2021. Again, it's 30% off using the coupon code LOVE2021 at checkout. If you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, you know I would love it if you left a rating, a review, subscribed, or shared an episode. Doing any of that, those acts of kindness really helps the show grow, and I so, so appreciate it. All right, so let's get to Food Sledder. But until next time, take care. Dear Emotional Eater, We wish you knew you have superpowers. You're able to survive the overwhelm and stress via emotional eating. We hear you want more tools and please know as a human, you can't banish away this behavior. It is normal eating. As you search for more tools, the key is acknowledging that cravings are insight say hello to them. Ask gently what brings them here in this moment. What are your unmet needs? What helps you in the tough moments in the past? Practice permission to add them into your life more frequently outside of the cravings. Proactively weave them in. Over time, with compassion, cravings will feel more at ease. This work is hard work and good work. You deserve to meet these needs and feel whole. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.